I know that once again we're going to hear the voice of the Lord through the man of God. Praise God. Amen. Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. Have you got your heart open to receive what God has to say? Have you got your spiritual ears tuned in to where the Spirit is right now? Praise God. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost to do a work in this house today. Amen. I want him to continue to work on this church. Brother Bowling, we are glad that you're here. And I mean that it is a great privilege to have you here. And I want you to come once again. I want you to take your liberty. Let's say it again together. Brother Bowling, preach to me. Let's say that. Brother Bowling, preach to me. Praise God. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's good, good, good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, this is the favorite place to come for the saint of God. And uh, woke up this morning with my mind. On Jesus, your body knows what's going to happen on any particular day that you're getting up. Kind of, kind of go to bed thinking about where you're going to be tomorrow, what you're going to be doing, and so during your sleep, it's kind of a one of those deals that I don't know. Subconsciously, you're thinking, preparing if you got to trip to make, can't sleep good, afraid you're oversleeping, and uh, something about this body, but when you get up in the morning, it's one of the first thoughts on your mind, is what you went to bed thinking, I got to do this tomorrow, I got to do this, I got to go here, and it seems like your brain wakes you up saying, come on, get up, this is what you got to do, so when you're a child of God, you ought to wake up on Sunday morning. With your mind telling you, get up. It's time to go to church. And that ought to bring a smile on your face. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. I was running a little late. I started about 7.30. Getting together something I felt Lord talking to me about this morning. And uh, looked at the clock, and it was it was uh, nine thirty-seven, I believe. I thought, man, I got to quit. So I don't know how complete this will be, but I do know the Lord has somewhat to say to the church. The Lord has something special for this church, evidently. This is not just a series of services. God has, has orchestrated this meeting for a particular purpose. And I believe this church is going to be a better church and a changed church. And you as Christians are going to be changed. So I want to give you, give you another piece of the puzzle here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many abound to the glory of God 
For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All things are for your sakes, for which cause we faint not. And he said in verse 17, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So one of preached this morning simple message entitled salvation through affliction salvation through affliction let's ask the Lord to help us touch our hearts and our minds Lord we thank you again for this opportunity which we have come and the first portion of the service we have worshipped and lifted you up lifted up your name we have asked for your help during our worship, we have asked, Lord, for there to be more of you and less of us. We desire for your spirit to speak to us. We desire, Lord, for a work of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would move on every person in this room. When you woke me up this morning, God, you knew who was going to be here. You knew who had what needs. So I pray, Lord, that you'd work. I pray that you would touch those people to which you've sent me to preach your word today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. In the equation of living for God, roles seem to almost always be reversed. A lot concerning the kingdom of God is beyond human reasoning and comprehension oh the depth Paul said of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor to be carnally minded he said is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God so much of the time we are confused and even brought down because we have the wrong idea or the wrong concept of what living for God is we have the wrong idea or concept of how we should feel during the process of living for God or how life should be for us when living for God. You see, living for God is not and should not be a bed of roses. It's not Sunday every day living for God. Well, glory. It's not easy street. I think some of the problem that we have is that we paint a picture 
that once you get in the church and once you repent of your sins and you're baptized in the name of Jesus and you receive the Holy Ghost, all your problems go away. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful life. Now, I know you're sitting looking at me and you're really not, you know, you're not uh, kosher with that idea, but, but it's the truth. Uh, problems, real problems, start when you get in the church. Real opposition begins once you become a child of God. Jesus said it like this. He said, enter ye in at the straight gate. He said, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many, many there be that go in thereat. If it's not the easiest way, then why are so many people doing it? But he said, it's an easy way. If you study that text and what he was really saying, it's an easy way. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. You, you can just walk that way without really thinking about anything. You could just walk it. Just do what you feel. Just do how you feel. But he said, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The straight gate. The words used literally is called a wicket or it's a little door inside of a big door. And it is Jesus there is speaking metamorphically. He's, he's, he's talking about the entrance, the introduction or the means of acquiring anything. The gate is the way of entrance. It's how you get in. The gate of repentance is the way into salvation. And I want to just talk about this for a little while because I, I felt the Holy Ghost just, just deal with me. So I want to help you today. Repentance is the gate that is the way. It's that little gate in, in that big gate that leads to the way. It's a slow process. Repentance is a slow process. It's a tedious process. It's a careful process. Well, praise the Lord. Ezekiel said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling and with carefulness. And say unto the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord God, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel, You shall eat their bread with carefulness, and drink their water with astonishment that her land may be desolate from all that is therein because of the violence of all them that dwell therein. The Lord was telling them to assume the manner of a person who is every moment afraid for his life, who has nothing but a morsel of bread to eat and a little water to drink, thus signifying the siege or the straits to which they should be reduced. They want to be careful because this is all they have. And they want to partake it with carefulness. Chewing every, every bit of it. Absorbing every bit of the water. Careful, careful not to spill any of it. Because they really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They really don't know what's going to happen to them later on in the afternoon. And so he said, be careful. Drink it. And eat it and be careful about it because there's going to come trouble. There's going to come an enemy who don't like the process that you're involved in. 
When we get to church, we ought to be consumed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. When we come to church, we ought to take it in. Every bit of it, we ought to get it in. We shouldn't want to walk out of church in the middle of singing because we're worshiping. We got to take it all in. Well, it's going to get tight here in a minute. We shouldn't be so, so, so frivolous about, about, about what's going on in the house. This is still the house of God. This is a temple of a most holy God. This is not just a church building. This is where the presence, the Shekinah glory of God is. There is answers for you in this building. There are, there are problem solving in this building for you. There is sin cleansing in this building for you. There's devil bound bondages in this place. We can have whatever we need today in this house. Well, praise the Lord. Our minds shouldn't wonder about what we're going to do this afternoon. We ought to be so engaged when we come to church that we're saying, God, I want to drink this in. You're holy. You're magnificent. You're glorious. You're wonderful. We shouldn't be looking around and saying, I wonder what everybody else is doing. Why? Because I don't know what I'm going to face this afternoon. I feel, I feel an urge to warn somebody. You're going you're gonna to have to have the Holy Ghost this afternoon when you leave this house. I want to admonish you. It's important that when you come to church, I want to get everything. I want to eat every little bit of bread that I've got. I don't know where my next meal is coming from. Spirits, they were talking. I don't know. I may have to miss church tonight. Something tragically may happen. I need God to be with me. I don't know the devil that's going to fight me this afternoon. I need all I can get this morning. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. Some of you come and go from church without even giving it a thought that the devil's after you. The devil's trying to kill you. The devil's trying to destroy you. I want to make sure that while we're praising God, I'm getting all I can get. I'm drinking from that water. I'm drinking from the fountain. I, I'm not worried about what anybody else in the building's doing. I just need God this morning. I just need God to touch me. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I need a fresh touch of the Spirit. No, I'm not backslid. I haven't done anything, but I just need God. I just want Him. I just, I've got it in my hand. I've got it at my fingertips. I'm not going to let this moment pass me by. He said in the, in the New American Standard Version, he said, they will eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with horror because their land will be stripped of its fullness on account of the violence of all that live in it. We are walking out this afternoon into a world that is full of sin and corruption and violence. There are people sitting here that represent what that violent world is all about. Why do we think as children of God that we can come in here and pay less attention to the preaching than we do to the ball? game that's on television 
Huh? Why do we think that we can get more involved in our jokes and in our laughter and our having fun out there and we come in church and don't get very involved in the worship? You've got it mixed up, my friend. You need to get involved in church. Well, I'm not that kind. Oh, yes, you are. Every one of us are that kind. Every one of us are emotional. Every one of us are hungry. Every one of us know how to eat when we're hungry and drink when we're thirsty. I feel the Holy Ghost sent me today to tell some of you it's time for you to get involved in the church. It's time for you to get involved in what's going on around here. I want to tell you, it's a tough life. It's a fighting life. But this is the greatest life. If I've got to choose between the church and the world, give me the church. Give me the church with all these problems and the trials and the anxiety. Because I've got something that helps me through all of this. I've got a power that helps me through all of this. I've got the Holy Ghost that gives me power over all the enemy. Come on, let's worship him. Praise God. Praise God. Just stay with me. I'm not here to paint a negative picture about the church. Just stay with me. You'll understand more about what I'm saying. but, But we don't know. We don't know. The Holy Ghost said to tell you. Some of you don't know the enemy that's waiting at them glass doors for you as soon as church service is over. You don't know the enemy that's waiting for you on the highway out there. You don't know the enemy that's waiting for you on your front porch. Somebody in this building better listen to the Holy Ghost. This is not a man preaching a sermon. This is God coming to you and telling you, you better wake up. The enemy's after you. That lazy spirit that you got on you, that lackadaisical spirit, that didn't come from God. That came from hell. The devil's trying to destroy you. But God loves you enough to send a preacher to tell you, wake up. It's high time to awake out of sleep. Salvation is here. My God, there's something God wants to wake up in this church. There's something God wants to spring out of this church. You saints of God need to come alive. My God, my God. Huh? You sit at a supper table and you're hungry. You don't care who's sitting next to you. You don't care what they're talking about. I'm going to eat. I'm hungry. I've been all day without something to eat. Get away from me. I don't know if I can eat another meal today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to eat today and I'm going to enjoy this. The souls that come and don't do nothing but nibble and pick at their food. Well, praise the Lord. Just, just dibble and dabble with their food. They're spoiled. They're spoiled rotten. They're used to mom and dad providing everything for them. They're used to everybody doing everything for them. So they don't care. They just assume it's gonna be all right until mom and dad's not there no more. Until there's a problem. Something has got to happen in this church. And among some of you that are sitting on these pews, you've got to get that lazy spirit off of you and that pick and choose spirit out of you that says, well, I just don't like this, so I'm just going to pass it by. You better not pass this by.
This may be your this may be your soul for eternity. You may spend an eternity in a devil's red out hell if you walk out of those wood doors this afternoon and you say, "Ah, I'm not going to pay attention." You better pay attention. This is a Holy Ghost talking to you. I didn't come to preach you some old sermon that I've memorized. I've come with a word from the Lord this morning. God's been dealing with me these last three days. And I'm telling you, there's something alive in this church. There's something powerful that's waiting to be burned in this church. But you say to God, God, come on and say, I'm in church. I'm going to get hooked up. I'm going to get everything I can. Come on, preacher. Preach the word to me. That's the bread of life. Preach it. I know there's three or four or five or six of you, but I wonder what what would happen if the rest of this church got involved. Come on, preacher. I don't know what I'm fixing to face this afternoon. I don't know what kind of trial I'm fixing to get involved in, but I need a word from the Lord. I need something to rain down on me and help me. Uh, much of the difficulty that we have living for God is a result of those who are not born again. Jesus said, think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. He said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. I am come, he said, to set at variance, a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He said, the man's foes shall be they of his own household. He said, this is what he continued. He said, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Boy, I could preach on that a little while. If, if you love him more than you love them, you're worthy. But if you cater to them and reject him, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Can I tell you of a preacher's son born in a preacher's home that this is true, that God, when you live for God and you serve God and you do it right, people are going to get away from you. People don't want to hang out with you. People don't want to fellowship with you. They don't want you at your family reunion. They don't want you hanging out at Christmas time because you have something inside of you that is contrary to what's living inside of them. You can't be in the church and have it both ways. You've got to either be in or get out. Be in love with Jesus or be in hatred with him. But you're not going to have it both ways. You don't have to pray down the street. And try to preach a message and prove how holy you are. Just live it. Just come to church and submit yourself to the pastor. And see what kind of spirits rise up against you. Boy, I felt something right there. Just submit yourself to your man of God. And I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, the phone's going to start ringing. And you're going to start getting phone calls. From people who didn't talk to you. When you were carnal. Or lukewarm but when you apply yourself hell has a meaning about you 
and says, you better get a hold of that reprobate and have them call their child or have them call their friend and tell them they need to get out of that church. Boy, it's quiet now. That's the way the devil works because he knows. And I preached to the other night, if you submit yourself to this man of God, you're fixing to have revival. And when you have revival, you're, you're storming the gates of hell. And they can't prevail against the church. They are no match for this church. Well, I'm going to pause here. I, I've got a lot to preach, and I probably won't get it all. But I'm telling you, you're, you are a no-win situation if you think you're going to cater to cold, carnal reprobates and people that don't want to live this. You are losing if you let them dictate to you what this church does and what they believe. But if you want to turn this city upside down and see those of your family that really want to be and need to be saved, you better get in this church. You better do everything you can to involve yourself. I'm sorry, but I feel this. God draws people to the church. It ain't you that does it. You invite them and they come, but it's God's spirit that's got to draw them. And God's spirit ain't going to draw them if you're not living what you're supposed to be living. Oh, I, I'm just going to have to make myself at home. They're, they're, both parties, heaven and hell, have, have their outreach program. And the idea of both parties is to see which one can outnumber the other in the church house. And so you go out and you invite people. Come on to church. want you to come to church. We want you in our church. And then while you're doing that, hell's out there recruiting reprobates and rebellious people. Some of which are here. Mm -hmm. Some of which are here. Let me say, I know you, you're here and you run out and the devil uses you to knock doors. But you're too lazy to knock doors because you're too lazy to worship when you come to church. You're too lazy to listen to what the preacher. So your lazy self sits in that chair and you pick up the phone and you call and you talk to people and you sympathize with the sinner and you sympathize with those who left the church. You know what you're doing? You're using, the devil's using you to evangelize to try to outnumber the good folk in this church. I got news for you. You ain't going to outnumber the good folk in this church because I feel the overwhelming liberty of God in this place, which lets me know that you're outnumbered. And this is a democracy. The majority rules around here. And we've made up our minds. We're not going to let you drag reprobates back into the church. In fact, if you don't like it, you need to go on out the door with them. But we're going to have revival in this church. We're going to have a move of God in this church. We're going to see family members pray through. We're going to see backsliders come back to the church. We're going to see drug addicts pray through and deliver. Oh, yes, we are. I bind your nasty spirit in the name of Jesus. You ain't nothing but a lying spirit. There's victory in this church. There's revival in this it's about to be loosed in this place. It's about to be loosed. It's about to break in this house. Woo. The Lord's walking up and down these aisles right now looking at you, seeing how you respond. He wants to know, are you in the Lord's side? Are you on the Lord's side?
Oh, the devil don't like it now. But some of you getting a little taste of victory. You're getting a little taste of glory. I want to admonish you. Don't you ever look back. Don't you ever turn back. Get on into this thing. Take every bit you can get. Take all the water and drink it. We're going to fight hell. When we leave here, we're going to fight hell. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Something's breaking in the Holy Ghost. Something's breaking in the spirit. That old nasty spirit that's been around this church for a long time think it's going to bind this spirit. I've fought this spirit before. I know what this spirit is. And I got good news for Olathe. It can be broke. It can be busted. It's being broken. It's being broken right now. There's something happening in this building, and there's something happening outside this building. The Lord is doing a work this morning. We all just thank the Lord a little while. We all just have us a little victory march, a little victory parade. We all just love him a little bit. Thank him for his excellent greatness and what he's doing. says he said he that loveth mother and father more than me is not worthy of me because he wanted us to understand that living for him is a difficult task in our flesh on our own it's tough I can tell you as a preacher feel good right now brother Regan you feel good when you're anointed you saints feel good because the anointing's on you and you know it's the word of God that you're hearing but when you leave here and it's just you and your flesh when a process of time goes by and it's just you and your flesh and you're sitting around and holidays are coming on birthdays are coming on there's something about your flesh that says, I, I want to be with those folks I shouldn't be hanging around. That's when you got to tell your old flesh, buddy, if they're going to come hang around us, they're going to come to church. Oh, there's a spirit don't like that in here. I ain't hanging around with folks sloshing their beer on my kids and blowing their smoke in my kid's face. I'm not taking my kids to a place where they're going to be they're going to be exposed to the filth that's on television and they're going to be exposed to words that I'm going to have to tell them you can't talk like that I'm going to stay around the people of God you know you people that want to hang out with a sinner that's, you're the same people that don't want to hang out around the church you're the same people that when they have a dinner you don't want to hang around because you've got other things more important to do but when you get involved in the church this is all your life 
Where do we go? This is our life. Who do we turn to? The disciples said, we don't have no place to go. We left all to follow you. We left the fishing business. We left the tax collection table. We came to follow you. This is our life. Church is our life. New life is our life. Oh, yeah. Said, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet or your pastor or your preacher or the man of God in the name shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of the righteous man. Uh, shall receive a righteous man's reward. I don't have time to delve into that. And whosoever shall give a drink unto one of the little ones, a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily, I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. In other words, all that happens in your life that matters is what happens, what you do for God. Well, praise the Lord. It's amazing to me how free we are with our money until it comes to church. That ain't no accident, folks. Huh? Handing out thousands of dollars for gadgets. Well, I'm just going to... Let, let me just... I'm just going to pretend I'm at my place this morning. Spend $1,000 for an iPad. But you ain't never dropped $1,000 in the offering plate. Yeah. Well, I have to go into debt. Yeah, we take payments too. Yeah. You give that $100 a month to Apple. New life would take $100 a month. That $100 a month you put in the church, I'll go a whole lot further than that money you put in Apple. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't like it, but let me go on down. Let me walk on down the log, get nose to nose with you. That money you give to Apple ain't going to amount to anything in eternity. You can go to hell over that money. But you put in the church, you got a reward coming that's guaranteed. They didn't like that, huh? Uh, I heard recently about a fella that spent something on a new gadget and a pair of eyeglasses so they can watch the internet and watch all kinds of stuff in their glasses, 1500 bucks. You know, I'm kind of guy that goes to Walmart and looks at the clearance rack. Huh? I ain't worried about being in style. I ain't worried about walking down the street and everybody looking and saying, man, look at him. He's got all the latest gadgets. Oh, no, I go down and find me a $30 pair of rims and throw me some glasses in it, and that's good enough for me. What's your problem? Huh? You're stingy when it comes to the church. Oh, 
you'll give out to all them heathens. I'm going to tell you something needs to change in your attitude. What are you preaching? I'm preaching about salvation through affliction. You're too comfortable. You're, you're catering to your flesh too much. You need to find out that when I afflict myself and allow myself to get under the affliction of what God wants to be under, good things happen to me. Good things happen when you give to God. Good things happen when you come under a trial or a test. I ain't trying to be mean. That's your pastor's business, but it's the truth anyhow. So how successful you are. This is something the Lord dropped in my heart, and I felt it while we were worshiping. feel it is, is, is relative. How successful you are in the spiritual things hinges on your spirit and your attitude toward the things of God. Judges chapter 7, Zerubbabel who is Gideon and all the people that are with him rose up early they pitched beside the wall of Herod so that the hosts of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley and Gideon comes and he's standing there with thousands of men and the Lord said the people that are with you are too many. God, we're outnumbered as it is. What do you mean, too many? He said, we got to whittle these folks down. He said, because this is a deal. If, if I deliver you out of their hand, all that's going to happen in the future is you're going to run around saying, look at what we did. Look at what we did. But he said, if I whittle you down to where you think it's impossible, you're going to run around the rest of your life saying, remember what God did? Remember how God did it? Some of you, when Pastor Riggin came here 20 years ago or 19, 18 years ago, and you look around for you here when he was there, you might have said, well, I don't know if this is really God or not. Look at the folks leaving. I'm going to tell you something. God looked around when he showed up in town and said, there's too many people here. Oh, yeah. He said, I can't do it with you. I can't do it with you, 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 you. You're disqualified. And God began to shift them out. I know you don't like that. I went to Brookhaven with 36 people, and it grew to 250. And an old prophet came and preached like I'm preaching today and said, you got too many. You got too much of a mix. God can't do what he's wanting to do with 250 people. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And they started leaving by the 10s and the 20s, and they're going across town to other churches, and, and the preachers they ain't giving the preacher no problem, and they're having revival, supposedly, and they're having real things happen. But steadily, God moves some out, prays some new ones in, moves some more out, prays some new ones until we've got about 150. And it's not 250, but it's 150 solid of good people that all I got to do is tell them charge and they're ready to fight hell. They know who lives among them that's not really real. It's a real revival church. And we're busting out our sanctuary to see 750. I don't know where they're coming from. I just know what God's been dealing with me about. And God wants that spirit to get a hold of you where you quit looking around and saying, well, I don't think he can do it. I'm telling you emphatically, he can do it and is going to do it and shall do it. 
Hell can't stop what's in this church. Hell can't stop what's burned in this church. Hell can't do anything about it. Uh, when you get downtown and you see somebody used to come that don't like your pastor, don't like what this church stands for, you just wave at them and say, I hope you're happy. We're, we're, we're thrilled at what's going on in our church because when God gets through, we ain't going to look around and say, look at what we did. We taught Bible studies. We, we did this and we did that. Oh, no. We're going to look around and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Got too many. Attitudes are so important to God. Maybe see that he's looking for people who solely lean on him. This is what he told me to tell you. He's looking for people in this church that will depend on him for everything. You will desire him for all things. And you will seek him in everything. You will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Come on, if I, if I got on you a little while ago, it's not because I'm going to talk to you here in a minute, but it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because he sees potential in you and the devil also is trying to destroy you. Just because you mess up don't mean it's over. We just learned to learn to need to readjust. I talked to the preachers yesterday about a little personal testimony of mine and how the devil almost got me and I almost lost my soul. But it made me something today that I wasn't on the other side of that. I came through affliction. I came through trouble. I came through dark hours. But when I came out on the other side with the help of men of God, I'm a stronger man. I'm, I'm more connected. I see God do what he wants to do. And I'm not afraid of the devil. And I hate sin. And I I hate compromise. Some of you are going to have to get through some affliction where you'll hate the devil and you'll hate sin and you'll hate what it does to your family and you'll hate what it almost did to you. Some of you almost lost your life. Some of you can look around and say, my God, it was God that spared me. Let the hate rise within you. The devil tried to do that and he wants to get you back out there. Let it motivate you. Let it, let it just do something to you to tell, I hate the I hate what he does. I hate what he stands for. Got too many. Need to help you with your attitude. And this is something I want to. Can I just take my little time here? I'm, I, I'll finish for noon, I promise. Paul said, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things.
speak some positive mental things to me. Because all we want to do is play. Because that's what the world's telling you to do. Play. Play. Have you looked around your city? Look at all the ball fields going up. Look at all the soccer fields going up. Look at all the things that are going up for playing and pleasure. It's not accident. The devil's getting the, busy, the world busy at what he wants them to do. I'm not saying soccer's a sin and, and, and basketball and baseball's a sin. But when that becomes your God on a Sunday afternoon... He said they started lusting after those things and therefore they went chasing after them. As the Israelites sat down uh, to deliberate act, a deliberate act, they ate, they drank, and then they were eating not just drinking normal stuff, but they were eating things that were given to the idols at a feast. They were getting connected to idolatry. They were getting connected to things that the word said stay away from. God said don't get around it. Well, it don't hurt to play. It don't hurt the fellowship. How are we going to win them? You win them by teaching them Bible studies. Not by having a ball team. We had three of them. We were in the city league we were in the church league. We had so many men. We had three teams. And we won tournaments. And we won trophies. But we never won a soul. We fought a lot with sinners. We threatened to whoop a lot of sinners. But we were eating and drinking and playing. And we use the same excuse any carnal saint use. Well, we're going to win them, not win one of them. We won more of them by talking to them about what God done for you and giving them a personal testimony and witness about what God did for you. And they said, I'd like to go to church like that. Well, y'all smelling fried chicken or something? We've got to be careful our attitude about sin. Now, attitude about idolatry. It can't go lax. We can't get in a frame of mind that it doesn't matter and it won't hurt us. We are in a battle. The devil is out to kill us. Being careful that sin is lying at the door. The Lord told Cain, as a sacrifice lay on that altar, and it was unaccepted and unconsumed by God. He said, why are you mad, Cain? Why is I counting this fallen? What are you pouting about? He said, if you do well, thou shalt. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? But he said, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. If you don't do what's right, you don't have a problem. You don't fall into sin. You better make sure that everything you do, you get involved in doing right around here. Boy, I've made a devil mad today. I've made an old devil mad today, but it, you don't bother me. I'm going to tell you, you better get your act right because God came to serve your, your eviction notice today. You think you're going to sit there and work a little, little spiritual witchcraft on me? You got another thing coming, sister. You're nothing but a devil. You're nothing but out of straight out of the pit of hell. You don't bother me. 
I've ate smaller devils than you for lunch. You don't bother me. I've cut my teeth on devils in Mississippi. I ain't bothered by you. I'm telling you, your, your days are over of working magic in this church. Your days are over of sitting there and secretly doing your little magic like you've been doing it. Oh, no. This is the church of God. And God sent me to tell you and give you eviction notice. You're just, you're just a few days left here. In fact, I feel it now. There's going to be a funeral around here. If you don't get your attitude and your spirit right, there's going to be a funeral. They're going to lay you right here. And this whole church is going to know that you were in opposition to revival and what God You can smile all you want to. You can act like you're okay all you want to. But God's got your number. You're not kicking against the devil. You're kicking against God. You're not kicking against a man. You're touching the anointed. Well, yeah, your phone calls are going to be exposed. Your little lying spirit is going to be exposed. In fact, some of these folks don't know, but they got their, they got their ears and their eyes open right now. I'm telling this church in the Holy Ghost, you better be careful who you entertain. You better be careful who you talk to and sympathize with. If they ain't with this man, get away from them. God's going to separate a little band out of this church that's going to rise. I don't care how big the Midianites are. I don't care how, how numbered you are. God's got a number among this church that's going to rise. I'm going to close in a little bit, but I'm going to tell you what God told me to tell you. He said, if I don't whittle them down, if I don't get, if I don't get their attention, they'll never believe what I'm telling them to do. He said, I'm fixing to give them a word that's going to bring revival. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how it's coming. But God's going to give you a word that if you're not careful, you'll shake your head and say, I don't know if we can do that. But God said, you got too many. And the reason you got too many is some of them are afraid. Some of them don't want to leave their family. Some of them don't want to turn loose of their family. He says, all oh, you that are afraid, get on out of here. He said, oh, take them down to the water. You still got too many. Take them down the water. He said, those that get down and they lap up, they're not even in a battle. They're not even near uh, the, the enemy. But the, he said, those that lap up and they drink in water. They're not getting the whole picture. They're not putting their mouth down there and drinking it until their belly hurts. They said, we'll save for what we get. But there's an enemy somewhere. You saints of God that want God to use you in this church, you need to start looking around. There's an enemy somewhere around here. There's somebody in this church that don't want the pastor pastoring here. There's somebody that's got a connection to old people out of this church that are saying, we'd like to see pastor be gone. I got news for you. Pastor ain't going nowhere. No, the Lord didn't fight this long to get him here. And then up and leave. There's a, there's a mission to be finished. There's a mission to be accomplished in this church. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. God is sending a message to this church some, somewhere, sometime in the near future. God is sending a message to this church. And the message he's fixing to give you will blow your mind. And if, you're, if you have people among you that are carnal... And you got people among you who are worldly and people who are connected to those that went home. While the pastor or the evangelist or whoever it is gives the word and says, this is what this church has got to do. So that old spirit is set there and say, we've seen preachers come and go and it ain't happened. 
the day's coming when there's only going to be 322 or 27,000 is going to go home. But there's going to be a small band. You know why? Because he's going to tell them, what I want you to do, guys, is put your swords up. I want you to put your sword at the house. Well, we're going into battle, aren't we? That's what the normal mind was. Oh, yeah, we're going into battle. There's a lot of them, ain't there? Yeah, there's a lot of them. He said, I want you to get a picture in that one hand and get your trumpet in the other. And he said, you're going to break up in three bands and you're going to, you're going to surround them? <laughs> and he said, when, when I give the cry, you're going to break the picture, the lamp's going to shine, and you're going to blow the trumpet and leave the rest up to me. Those that were afraid never would have believed that. Those that were carnal never would have believed that. Those that were lukewarm never would believe that. Those that didn't know we're in a battle never would believe that. That's the last spirit that's going out of this church. Well, I didn't realize what I was going to get into, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. That's the last spirit that's going out of this church. And I'm here to run it out of this church. I'm here to run you slap out of this church. I didn't say I'm here to run a body out, but if you don't let go of that spirit, I'll run you out. If you're a body that's got that spirit, you can get to the altar to repent, and God will use you. But if you think you're going to be stubborn, and you think you're going to outlive this message, the word of God shall not return void, but it's going to accomplish exactly what it's sent to do this morning, and that spirit is the last spirit that's leaving this church, that you don't think there's any problem in this church. You don't think there's somebody around here that don't like the pastor. You have lost your ever-loving mind. There's a spirit around here that hates your man of God. It works on him day and night. It presses on him. But we're going to do something about it, aren't we, church? I'm looking for some men and some women. You ain't down there drinking, just getting all you can get. You're saying, oh, there's an enemy. There's an enemy out there. There's a fight we got to get involved in. But God, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. If you tell us to climb a wall, we're going to climb it. You tell us to climb a flagpole, we'll climb it. You tell us to stand on our head, we'll stand on our head. But we're going to see victory. We're going to see revival. involved in that text said they were written for our examples they won't fall into idolatry and he said they won't tempt Christ they won't murmur that he that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall now here's the God we serve this is what he said immediate following there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able, but will with the temptation. See there? You don't have to lose your soul. With the temptation comes a way of escape. I'm sorry, I didn't get out of the introduction. Maybe, I don't know what will happen here. But 
You know, the Bible is emphatic about this. We don't watch each other when we're worshiping, and we, we understand that context, but there's a, there's a principle inside the church that the elder women shall teach the younger women and the elder men. And that's not necessarily talking about age. It's talking about maturity. Because I got old people in my church, I don't want nobody following them. I tell them, you old ladies, you sit back there, some of the original crowd that came to the church. Don't give me no trouble. They know not to. So I told them, I'll run you out. I don't care how old you are. You're not going to stop this church. It's a battle. I don't understand these preachers that aren't willing to fight for you. You got a man of God that'll fight for you. He's not only somebody sit on these pews that's going to destroy this church. And so there's a principle if these guys, and I don't know, maybe there were some of them that did. Maybe there was only 200 of them that, that, that were looking around lapping, but maybe there was 100 that started to get down, but then looked over and saw, and thought, well, that makes sense. And because they were willing to follow, because they were willing to be taught. You've been in church for a while. I can feel it. You're, you're mature. Your spirit pastor, pastors, he, he leans on you. So people ought, to, people ought to watch. Young ladies ought to look around and see, see who's godly. Ought to look around and see some of these ladies that are godly women. Not ones that are running out to every fashion that comes along, but women that are consistent and godly. For my soul's sake. I, I was going to get down because it's all about me, but I, I saw something. Oh, sister so-and-so is doing it this way, so this is the way I'm going to do it. She's in the altar. I don't even feel like praying anymore. I'm staying right here because sister so-and-so is still in the altar. So I'm going to stay right here. God. Help us, Lord. Brother so-and-so's over there. He's, he's travailing. i got to get a hold of this. Oh, God! The Lord said, there's your, there's your army. Everyone that laps like a dog. Everyone that gets down all fours and said, tell them, go home. Don't need you anymore. But those that are aware, those that are aware there's an enemy out there somewhere. I gotta be ready. In this building, there, there are people that have not yet repented and baptized. I, and I just try to start on this repentance deal, and we'll have to, your pastor can finish it sometime. But there's some of you that's never repented. But you're feeling something tug at your heart right now that you may not even really understand. You're feeling something calling you to a cause. Men, men enlist in the army because they just feel, they hear of a war in Iraq. And they, they didn't think a second time about ever being in the army. But when they hear about a war and they hear about men dying, they hear about our freedom in jeopardy. They quit their jobs. And they walk into recruiting stations and they say sign me up people say to them are you crazy have you lost your mind got a good job doesn't matter my country needs me 
There are people right now that are not filled with the Holy Ghost. You're feeling something draw you into a recruiting situation. You're feeling the Spirit of God say, you know what, young man? I can use you. You can help this pastor. There's some of you that got family that need to be saved. There is some desperate situations that you are aware of in your life, in your family's life. This is the answer right here. Wait a minute, preacher. You said it was a tough way. Oh, yeah. It's a tough, but it's not near as tough as that world out there. Drug addiction's tough. Pornography addiction's tough. Adultery's tough. Name anything you want to name. Alcohol, it's tough. The only thing, in fact, it's so tough, the only thing that'll break it is God. So God's looking for an army this morning. I want you to understand Son, before you sign on this line, we're going to send you to basic. It's tough. We're going to crawl you through mud under barbed wire fences. We're going to shoot live rounds over your head. We're going to teach you about explosions. We're going to show you about death. We're going to teach you all the gory things of war. You still want to sign? You got to leave your family. You can't take nobody with you. Just you and a screaming sergeant. Sure, that's what you want, son? Yes, sir. I feel something calling me. I feel something. You may lose your life, I know. You may never see your family again, I understand that. But my family's got to have some help. Somebody's feeling a call. Won't you just step out of your pew? If you want to be one of those men or women that God's going to use in this last day revival. Just step out. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. You're just saying, Pastor, I feel God saying, so Pastor, I'm like that one that's lapping with their hand. Coming to this altar. That's, that's, my, that's my signal to God. Come on. That's it. Just come on. You're, you're fine. I'm, I want I want. I want to help my pastor. I want to help God. I don't care if you don't have the Holy Ghost. You've never prayed. Just come to this altar and tell God, God, can you use me? I understand, God, that there's going to be some things I have to do. I'm going to have to come out of the world. I'm going to have to separate myself. I understand that. But the cause is so important. That's it. Get in this altar. Oh, we need men. We need men. This pastor needs men. Young men. We need young men. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. God's listening to you. He's talking with you if you'll just cry out to him. What about your sister? Would you cry out to him? Oh, I believe what, I believe what the Word of God said today. I believe in revival. I believe in this last day revival. I'm going to be a part of it. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care the affliction that I have to go through. Oh, that's it, church. Come on. Something was broken this morning in this church. Something was broken in the spirit. Now I want us to take another step. Woo, hallelujah. I want us to reach a little further.
Put your name on the line. Sign on the line. I'm committing myself to this church, this pastor. I'm committing myself to revival. I don't care what anybody else says or does. I don't care if they make fun of me. Ooh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. We're looking for people. We're looking for soldiers. 